You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. The earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp, with sounds of singing and the trumpets and the ram horns blasting. Shout for joy before the Lord our King. And let the sea resound and everything in it and the world and all who live in it. And let the rivers clap their hands. Let heaven and nature sing. And let them all sing together before the Lord because he rules the world and will judge the world in righteousness. He rules the world with truth and and grace. See, Joy to the World was written about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we don't think about the second coming. I mean, especially at Christmas time, we're, we're... you know, into the advent and Jesus Christ born in Bethlehem. But do you know that the scriptures declare that the Lord will come again and a new Jerusalem will come down from the clouds? And guess what? If you're here or not when that happens, you'll get to see it if you're a believer. You'll either see it from this perspective, whoa, the Lord coming in the clouds, or you'll see it looking down from heaven, so, so don't think like your loved ones who've passed on and, and they're believers in the Lord that somehow they're going to miss it. I mean, either way, from the upper view or the lower view, it's cool. <laughs> and heaven and nature will sing. He rules the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart... Oh, this is interactive right here. Prepare him, him room... And heaven and nature sing, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men and women their songs employ, wild fields and floods and and rocks, hills. Psalm 98, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to, does anybody know? Make his, hmm, Ever sung the song before? (laughs) He comes to make his blessings flow. (laughs) Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as the curse, the curse is found. Three times he talks about the curse, going back to Adam and Eve in the garden when they ate of the uh, kumquat in the tree, (laughs) the kiwi tree, whatever it was. We don't know what tree it was. I know we say apple. And thus, Apple products with a bite out of it. You didn't, you didn't know that? Uh, there are Christians who won't use Apple products because of that very reason. Talking about being legalistic. Anyway, sorry to burst your bubble, you Mac folks. Just write this down in your notes, if you would. The Christmas is that God became human. He became human. We talked about it last week that he stooped down from heaven and became one of us. And this is the part of the Christmas story that still boggles my mind. That the creator became a creature. That the shepherd became a sheep. The fact that God comes to earth and lives in bodily form in Jesus is all-encompassing of Christmas. Everything else is an add-on. The trees, great. Tinsel, great. Eggnog, great. 
Just regular eggnog, not the spike stuff, you know. <laughs> Choir's great. The church will be more decorated each week as we go through Advent, and you'll see more stuff in here. And, but all that, gifts under the tree, and your family, and your friends, and, and all that, and, and just the lights, and all of that's an add-on. The, the, the ultimate story of Christmas is that God decided that we needed him here. And, and because we're human, we have thick skulls and callous hearts, it was hard for people to grasp that God really loved them and wanted to be their God and have them be his people. And, and so he sends himself in the flesh. Colossians 2, 9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That's why his disciples didn't want him to leave. Because when they were with Jesus, they were with God. And even people that didn't believe in God or weren't sure about who this Messiah was or if he was the Messiah followed him. The crowds followed him because God is very attractional. In Colossians 1.19, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This wasn't just another baby being born. Because when he was born, the wise men crossed the borders. No, no border jokes here. When Christ was born, the real angels came down from heaven to announce his birth. When Christ was born, the biggest star in heaven lined up right over Bethlehem. And it rested over the place where Jesus was born. Jesus' birth wasn't just another birth when Christ was born, the shepherds literally hurried to see him, and after they saw him, they could not stop repeating glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. And the amazing things that all these shepherds had heard and seen were told, and people were amazed by what they saw and heard. You see, God in the manger, in your notes God went from God the Spirit to God the man, from God in heaven to God, where? With us. And he's still with us through Jesus. It's amazing to me. He still comes and stoops down. He becomes, as we saw last week, a servant, or the word in Greek, doulos, which literally means I live for the benefit of others. I live to serve others. It's not about me, it's about you. And that's what Jesus came to proclaim. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. God has always taken the first step in loving us. He loved us first. He loved us first and proved so by coming to us. See, all religions have some kind of deity, some kind of God, some kind of ruler, some kind of image, some kind of icon but only Christianity, only Christ is the only one who came down and humbled himself. See, every other deity, you, you do your religious studies, every other deity, every, every other God, lowercase g, wants to be worshipped and served. You, 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 you cut your body or you give yourself fully or you make yourself nothing to try to attain this God or this leader, or you try to live a peaceful, holy life, and you, or you meditate and burn stinky incense. It's stinky. I smelled it. Or you correct, erect a shrine in your house, and you meditate over this little statue figurine that was actually made in China. I saw one. 
Lady in town has this little shrine thing with candles, and she's got this little Buddha on top. And when she wasn't looking, I lifted it up. <laughs> Made in China. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't have peeked, I guess. But this God says, no, I come to serve you. I step down from my heavenly throne to a manger. Salvation is always the coming of God to man. Man does not ascend to God. God descends to us. Why would you not want to love and worship and adore a God like that? Remember the Tower of Babel? They tried to erect this tower. <laughs> We're going to get to God. We want to... We do beep beep with his nose, right? We're going to get God. We're going to get to you. So they build this tower. And, and, and I was looking this week to find out how tall was that tower. Pretty impressive. 610 years B.C., before Christ, they build a tower that is 30 stories tall. That's impressive engineering. They don't have girders. They don't have big cranes where they can bring stuff in. These are just men and women with, with their hands and, and clay and straw and some wood. They build this thing 30 stories tall, and, and God looks down from heaven. He kind of like you looking down at an ant. Impressive. <laughs> wow, impressive. We we're going to get where you are. Impressive. See, it's just a reminder that we can't get there from here. That's why Jesus became the bridge. That's why Jesus became the way, the truth, and the life. Today we have buildings that are 271 stories tall. Big deal. The Empire State Building, 125 stories tall. Big deal. And out here our wonderful people at Vandenberg make these rockets fly. And God looks down and says, impressive. Because <laughs> everything they make had an origin, all steel and metal and ore and copper. and They don't just go, let there be. <laughs> huh? even, even the greatest and most brilliant, and I applaud their efforts, the greatest and most brilliant engineers who build things all start with something, some kind of ore, some kind of, 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 of metal, something that's mined out of what God has already created. And I think when we had these little puffs of smoke that go from Vandenberg, God looks down and says, impressive. But then he also says, I reached in my pocket one day and threw all the stars in the sky. I know every star by name. The stars you haven't even discovered yet, I know their names. I know every hair that's in your head or lack thereof. And when you washed your hair this morning and hairs went down the drain, God says, uh, minus 14. For every human on the planet. You want to be impressed? Every time you shed a tear, he takes tears and puts them in his bottle? That's what the psalmist says. How many people cry? Seven and a half billion people? God knows everything about everything, and yet he stoops down, and there's no other religion that has God humbling himself but Christianity. That's why I'm a Christian. As I know, I'd never be good enough to attain the presence of God. 
or play beep beep with his nose. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. See, it's a choice that you prepare him room. It's a choice that in this Christmas season, you expand your soul to having more of Jesus in you, more of his truth in you, more of his word in you. That's why we're doing the the Advent reading card. And if you weren't here last week, guess what? We got one in your bulletin today. Somebody said, well, I got two now. I don't need a second one. Yeah, you do. How about a friend? You could tell one of your friends, hey, guess what I'm doing for Advent? You can blame it on me. Well, our pastor wants us to read through the Bible. How about you do it because I'm doing it, and they'll do it with you and pretty soon. And you'll memorize your verse, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Uh-huh. And the government, his name will be called Wonderful Counsel Principal. See, that's the first memory verse. I memorized it. You see, Isaac Watts, who wrote Joy to the World, the Lord has Come, he understood about pain. Matter of fact, his his medical condition was such that he had to get out of the ministry and deny his calling because he couldn't stand up the rigors of ministry anymore because of what was happening to his body. (laughs) And he asked this lovely young lady to marry him. And she said one big word, no. And he writes about the rejection in his heart about this woman who who said no to him. This was the guy who lived in a weary world. And yet he writes, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Why? Because number two, in Christ, pain and sin will never have the last word. I'm going to preach a little bit more than normal today, but I got you to just to focus on this for a moment, that whatever you're going through doesn't have the last word. Whatever's going on right now, physically, emotionally, medically with you, mentally with you, doesn't get the last word. Because Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, though our outer self is what? Wasted away. Our inner self is being renewed. The weary world rejoices as we're renewed day by day. And instead of believers going downhill towards this day that they take their last breath and their heart stops beating, we meet Christ and we go uphill. And though lots of us have seen cemeteries and we've been to funerals and there's a box and there's an urn, and we say, that's, that, that, that's final, But in Christ, instead of us ending up proverbially six feet underground, in Christ, all life goes uphill. And we actually get to see God someday. Somebody said, what's the worst thing about hell? They asked me like I would know. (laughs) I said, the worst thing about hell is the absence of God. The best thing about heaven is the uninterrupted presence of God. There is no weary world. See, this, this, this hymn was written, this song was written, Joy to the World, because... 
The king of heaven came down and will return again. Revelation 21, verse 2. This old man John writes, and he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Do you, do you know I've done numerous weddings? Here, on the beach, at a ranch, in a barn, in a house, in a backyard. I have never seen an ugly bride. I've seen ugly girls. But there's something about the bride. I mean, she's got the makeup just right, and the lights behind her, and the hair's just right for that moment. And the dress, whatever color, white, brown, beige, pink, yellow, I've seen them all. And all the effort she spends so those photos can be magic. The video can be magic, but all that effort she spends is really for one thing. It's when the door opens up. We've had them walk down this aisle, that aisle. We've moved the chairs, had them walk down the center. The door opens up, and the dude is standing here. We had a guy, I'm telling you, we had a man's man, active duty Air Force. This guy, I mean, PT every day, he's Benching, bench pressing 900 pounds, you know, I mean, guy, biceps, triceps, I mean, he's just like, boom, specimen, you know, Air Force Schwarzenegger, I mean, this guy is something else, and he's standing here, I said, you, you got this man, piano's playing, you know, violin, yeah, yeah, da, yeah, 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 ba, da, ba. and I'm saying, you got, you got this, yes, sir, no problem. The doors open up, and he sees his bride. And, and oh, oh, he starts, I'm serious, he starts crying. He, he's like, he like yeah, I got to hold the brother up. <laughs> Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And in that magical moment, it didn't matter if there was a congregation of people, or the mother of the bride was here. Or the auntie of the bride was here, and all the stuff was here. It was just the two of them, and, and God was making them one. Oh, how you should all go back to that moment in your mind. It's good for romance. If you've been married more than five months, you need to go back to that moment. If you've been married more than five years, I beg you, go back to that moment. And if you've been married 50, if you could remember that moment, <laughs> please go back to that moment, you know. But what will God see? God will see us, because we are called the, the bride of Christ. And in verse 3, it says, And I heard a loud voice. From the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, his original design with Israel, and God himself will be with them as their God. And I love, don't you love this? He will wipe away, what? Every tear from their eyes. See, pain, suffering, death doesn't get the last word. And death shall be but those of you that, that are first responders and you work in the military profession or, or hospice or care, God bless you. Because you see what we don't see. You, you see death a lot. You know, people in security and you know, public safety. You, you, got, you know, I talked to a nurse not too long ago. She watched over 300 people die. 
Sometimes I complain about my job. I, I just a little, this, for those of you who are in that profession, and death shall be no more. Everybody's tickers working just fine. Blood pressure's just, everybody's fine. You go to heaven, every, perfect health. Okay. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or political campaigns <laughs> or pain anymore for the former things have passed away and the weary world gets to rejoice. But we should rejoice now because for those of us who are in Christ, this is our outcome. This, this is the fourth quarter and there's 42 seconds left. 40 and 39 and 10 and 9 and 8 and boo, and you're flatlining your history as far as this world's concerned. But your eternity, which actually means forever, starts. And the word starts is wrong because starts denotes time and there is no time in heaven and it's just you're there. Well, how long is eternity? You're wrong question. Long denotes time. Stop thinking that way. There are no watches. I will have no digital clock telling me I've got 10 minutes left. I can preach all I want when I get to heaven. <laughs> and the choir of angels will say, hey, man. I mean, they'll be with me. You know what I mean? Joy to the world is precisely because the Lord has come and he took my curse. For as the curse is found, Watts says three times. But he also says three times in the song, wonders of his love, wonders of his love, and wonders, you know, of his love. For every curse, there's the love of God. That's what Watts is trying to tell you in the song. He knows the human condition, Watts, because he lived it, but so does Jesus, because he stooped down and became flesh. Number three, Jesus became like us so that we could be like him. He is the radiance, Hebrews 1, of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. See, I wasn't making fun about rocket scientists. I'm just saying, can you do this? Can you uphold the world and the universe by your word? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. Jesus was the Word. Everything was created by Him. And when God said, let there be light, the, the Hebrew reads kind of like this. Let there be He didn't get the whole Word out and light appeared. Let there be, because He thought it and began to spoke. Let there be It was already there. I. I. Oh, you guys are. <laughs> That's right. That's, I'm not going there. He comes to make his blessings flow. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The purpose of the baby is the all satisfying glory of God and the saving grace for humanity. That's why we have a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Don't miss that. 
And I don't care how many Christmases you've experienced. I had my first one when I was 15 years of age in a house where we still had a David star lit in the window, a Jewish house. But I had a Christmas tree in my bedroom. <laughs> and my dad said, no Christmas tree in the window. David star, blue lights. That's fine. I put red lights on my tree in my room. <laughs> Because I wanted to have a Christmas. I had to wait 15 years to have a Christmas. Hanukkah's a better deal, though. You have eight nights. <laughs> I mean, your thing is like Christmas Eve, you open one present or all of them. Christmas Day, the kids go, and it's all done. We, we had eight nights. Just telling you, <laughs> it's not so bad being Jewish either, you know. The Lord Jesus Christ came to reveal God. To us. To us. Now, you can either believe that he is God or reject. The choice to have joy is yours. The, the, the choice to believe is yours. The choice to, if you already believe, to make more room for him in your life is yours too. That's why I want you to read the scriptures every day. It's a good habit. And if you started with us last week, you're going to have, you know, 20 or 25 days uh, of reading Scripture together, and pretty soon um, it'll be a habit. That's, there's, a, there's a hidden agenda. Every year I marvel at people in master chorales and choruses, and there are several around the Central Coast, people that'll carol through, you know, Solvang, or maybe in the streets of Lompoc, and They'll see, sing things like, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, or hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king, uh, uh, God and sinner reconciled. I mean, that's good theology, isn't it? Or silent night, holy night, right? Christ the Savior is born. People are singing it, they don't even believe it. Isn't that ironic? Or, or you're in Walmart, Shoving and pushing through the aisles that's packed with gear, and you know, that's mine, you know, all that stuff you got to do. And that's why I send my wife. And <laughs> people are just mean. And by the way, by the way, I just got you. There's something about December 1 kicks in, no one can navigate a parking lot. <laughs> I really, it's bad. And they dry, and they won't look at you. They cut you up, but they won't look at you. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, make eye contact. Come on, I, I see you. You can't drive, you know. Don't just make room for Jesus. Give your whole life to him. Because if you're found in him, you have nothing to worry about. For he bore our sin and our shame, and he took all our judgment to the cross. The miracle of Christmas is that the invisible God of the universe became visible in Christ Jesus. And in that Walmart, you hear, you hear, oh, come all ye faithful. Are you kidding me? It was playing in the electronics department. I think somebody had set all the radios to K-Love or something. That's what I do when I go in the store. <laughs> K-Love and K-Live. And if I ever rent a car, I set all the buttons to Christian. You don't do that? Every time I get in a car, it's heavy metal. 
or it's country music. Every station. Nothing wrong with country. Nothing wrong. We had country the other night. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. I put every station on Christmas. Preaching. Yeah, just, just telling you how you do it. Because somebody's going to turn the key and go, you know, the Word of God. Isn't it great? Come on. Start thinking this way. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of what? Of all creation. Only Jesus is the perfect image of God. Only Jesus is the exact reputation of God. Only through Jesus can we see God and be reconciled to God our maker. You can't get there from here through good works or building your tower. And that's why he says, Isaac Watts, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make its blessings flow, for as the curse is found. And the last verse of the carols says, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and, and what's this? And wonders, and wonders of his, and, and wonders. Are you still in wonder and awe about the love of God for you, for your family, if you're married, for your marriage, for your kids, for your grandkids? I don't have time to tell you this whole story, so let me abbreviate. It's a story of a guy named Tim Hansel, an outdoorsman, rock climber, mountain climber kind of guy, mountain biker. This guy's buff, and he's out with his friends up in the Sierras, and he's and he's climbing, and some of the mountains at the particular time had snow upon them and ice, and he falls into this crevasse and lands on his back, and his body was never the same. And he's, in his book, you got to keep dancing, based on Psalm 30, verse 11, it says, uh, you've changed my sadness into joyful dance. And, and Tim says, I've never had a day without pain. But pain is inevitable. But misery is optional. Let me say it again. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. We cannot avoid pain, but we can't avoid joy. Joy to the world. God has given us such immense freedom that he will allow us to be miserable if that's what we choose to be. You can choose Christ or not. You have free choice. You can choose to be miserable in your pain, or you can choose joy in the midst of your pain. Joy is simple, but never to be confused with being easy. At the moment of life that we have those two options, we must choose joy. These words are no more true than Christmas. Some of you have, have, are dealing with deep stuff. Some of you have dealt with deep stuff. And there are people I know in our church, in our community, I'm just blown away by the joy they have. If anybody had a reason to complain, they do. And yet there's just immense joy. And when I go to them and I start whining about my life, <laughs> oop, I better shut up. Because <laughs> they're not able to do what I can do physically or, or mentally, and yet there's a joy in their hearts. See, joy can be presence in the middle of uncertainties of future or medical issues or weariness, 
It is the love of God displayed in Christ that makes you whole. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's up to you to receive your king. It's up to you to say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in you. It's up to you to prepare your heart and your home and your family. And those of you that are parents, you're parenting with your kids. Talk to them about the Jesus story. Not just about what they're going to get or not get. Talk to them about how Christ is valued in your life and how he is your joy and how he holds you together. In your marriage, take time with your spouse and and talk about how Christ could come and, and fill your relationship all the more. And in our church, we, we, we are the bringers of joy to this broken, weary world. And we have a story about how a weary world rejoices. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com. Me too.